Uh, we are discussing the subject of righteousness uh, every Friday morning now here on Cross Time with Pastor Curtis. Uh, I'm Pastor Curtis Hutchinson here at Crossway Church in Queen City, Texas. And I'm just thankful that you're with us live this morning if you are. And if you're not, whenever you're listening to this, I know it's going to be a blessing to you because it's God's Word in righteousness as the truth is presented, righteousness is seen. And you know, if, if every word God has ever spoken has been in righteousness, then righteousness is a great, a great uh, topic, something we need to take heed to. If you hunger and thirst after it, only those will be filled. If you follow after it, you'll find life. And, and listen, if every word God has ever spoken is in righteousness, and Proverbs chapter 8, verse 8 tells us it is, then we need to learn about righteousness in a great degree. We need to understand that. So uh, before we dig in this morning, I want to remind you that our YouTube channel where everything we do here at Crossway Church can be found, it's Curtis Hutchinson 316, and uh, it's on the, the thing right there. If you can see it down behind the pulpit, but the website is also thecrosswaychurch.com. And uh, I, I encourage you to go there and avail yourself if you missed Wednesday night's message. It is really, if I could command anybody to do anything, it'd be to listen to that message uh, because it, it was very, very important and uh, that the church here, uh, that we're not saved by works, but God is very uh, demanding that we're found in the perfect work. And you need to go back and listen to that message. It was just a couple nights ago, Wednesday night, and uh, which would have been May the 22nd. Uh, so avail yourself to that. Uh, determined Camp Meeting is coming up at the end uh, of October, the 24th through the 27th. I'll start sharing that for you can get it on your calendar and plan on being here in Queen City, Texas with us. There are uh, supposed to be 13 preachers coming in uh, to minister the gospel from that Thursday all the way through Sunday morning. Uh, so many of us that we'll have to break a couple of sessions up, one in the sanctuary and one out here in the studio. Uh, so don't forget about that. And I need to start saying something on all of these broadcasts about our Wichita Falls church plant uh, there in Wichita Falls, Texas. We started a church back in November. We meet there the second weekend every single month at the Hampton Inn, which is 4217 Kemp Boulevard. And uh, if you're anywhere near that area, I encourage you to come and to be a part of those meetings. Again, it's the second weekend every month, except for the month of June. It's the third weekend because they already had it scheduled. But we have it booked for the second weekend, the remainder of the year. And in July, we'll be meeting Thursday night, Friday night, Saturday morning, Saturday night, and Sunday morning. Five different uh, sessions there, services there, uh, and that. That will be the second weekend in July. So again, if you're anywhere near there, please come. Be a part of the meetings. Get the word out that we are there. We're preaching the gospel of Christ and Him crucified. And the Holy Spirit is showing us how that is involved. And that is the context of the Bible in every single verse in the Scriptures. And so, uh, because I'm boosting some of these uh, uh teachings in that area, Wichita Falls, uh, and I know people there have watched and they need to know if they want to, to see a church planted and raised up there that they can be a part of, well, it's already taken off back in November, so you come and start being a part of those meetings, praise God. Uh, if you have any questions about that, just email me at curtishutchinson at att.net or call my home at 903-799-7181. Praise God. Let's, let's dig into the scriptures this morning. And uh, first one we'll be looking at is Proverbs 12 and 28. That uh, a lot of people don't spend much time in the Old Testament, but Jesus said the scriptures were about him. We need to spend a lot of time in the Old Covenant. Uh, that what was written there, Jesus said, was about him. I don't understand these, these denominations today who don't uh, even look at the Old Testament, don't even talk about it, don't read it, don't look at it. And that's because one or two men 
called a false revelation and a whole denomination was reared up and several because of that. If Jesus said the scriptures are about him and the New Testament tells us that what was written aforetime was written for our learning, we need to go back and read the Old Covenant because everything that was a type and a shadow of Jesus back in that day to us today is a bright light because he is what fulfilled the scriptures. He is the one. So I like going back into the Old Covenant and reading the scriptures because it gives me a brighter light of who Christ is. And we'll see some amazing things today in the scriptures. Let's uh, jump, before we jump in, let's ask the Lord to bless us today. Lord, have your way in this Bible study today. Give us that daily bread that we desperately need. I know, Lord, that you daily attempt to load us with benefits. But I know those benefits don't just automatically and magically and mystically appear. They take place when our faith is in you and what you've offered us through your Son and His sacrifice. The benefits only come through that arena. And I thank you today for what you'll give us to make the light brighter of Christ, to help us along the way to assure us that we are on the right path and that we are not deceived, beguiled, and no one is leading us in the wrong way. And I thank you for that today. And Lord, I just ask for you to touch every person while they're a part of this Bible study, whenever they're listening to this Bible study, that you, through their faith and the Word of God, will do great and mighty things in their lives, in their bodies, in their minds, in all that pertains to them. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Proverbs 12 and 28, the Bible says, In the way of righteousness is life. And in the pathway thereof, that being the pathway there of righteousness, is no death. Think about that. Now, if you know who the way is, and you know the one who said he is the way, the truth, and the life, that's Jesus. Here he's telling us what it is about Jesus that is our way in our life. It tells us right here in the Bible, in the way of righteousness is life. That means we find Christ, who is our life, in the way of righteousness. This means that in the pathway of righteousness, we're not separated from Christ. And I need to talk about that for a minute this morning because Christians can be separated from Christ. He doesn't forsake us. He doesn't leave us. He doesn't turn His back on us. But according to what the Holy Spirit through the Apostle Paul gave the church in Galatia, that we can separate ourselves. We can remove ourselves from Him. We can walk in a place called fallen from grace where Christ no longer profits us. He no longer affects us. And that means we're out of the path because that is a place of death. Death is separation. No matter how you want to talk about death, no matter where you find the word death, it is separation. You go to a funeral, you look in the casket, there's a body laying there, but there's no life there. The soul and the spirit have gone. There's been a death. There's been a separation. And the Bible says in the way of righteousness there is no death. That means there's no break. And for the lost world out there, they are dead in sins as we all were before we were born again and separated from God. But for the child of God, we can, as I've already given you scriptures for, Galatians chapter 1 verse 6, Galatians chapter 5 verses 1 through 4, we can fall from grace, we can remove ourselves from Him. Yes, that's right, no man can take me away from Him, but I can remove myself from Him. Boy, that needs to be heard and taught all over the church world. All they got to say is, well, can't no man pluck me from the hand of God. Yeah, but the Bible says you can walk right out of it. You can remove yourself from him. You can fall from grace. You can walk in a place where he can't affect you. He can't profit you. You need to know that's a place of death. You're still a child of God for if you if you you better be careful there. That's another reason you need to go listen to Wednesday night's message. According uh, about the church in Sardis that I ministered this past Wednesday night, 
A lot of people won't be able to handle it because it refutes all the traditions of men and wisdom of men and psychology of men. They've been taught, but I'm going to stick with the Bible. So it's in the way of righteousness that we find this life. It's the only place life is found. In the way of righteousness is life. Christ said, I am your life. That means he's only found in the way of righteousness. Think about that. And in the way, in this same pathway of righteousness, there is no death. That means for you and me, as a child of God, there is no separation. That means we're, we're walking with the Lord. There's a continual flow of grace in our lives. We're being affected. We're being profited by the Lord. Can I ask you a question this morning? Something the Lord stirred in my heart in my office earlier this morning. If, if you were asked as a child of God, what is the Lord doing in your life to be able to bring increase into your life that pertains to other people? Because we've always got something. Well, I'm okay. I pray. I go to church. I, I, or we th how, what would you write down on a piece of paper if you had to write something down how God is bringing increase, what He's doing in your life, and how that is affecting or pertaining to other people? Because your Christian life is about bearing the fruit of Christ. It's not about just you and what you got going on. and It's about you being a witness unto God and a testimony concerning God for others. Now, you need to think about that because it's very important because righteousness is not just who we are in Christ. It's the fruit of who we are as we walk with Christ in this path. Think about that. Most Christians would just look at me like, uh, I don't, you know, uh, you know, what is God doing in your life? flow and effect on other people. See, that's a convicting question. Very convicting question that I need to do more than just hear it and say, wow. I, you know, there are very few people today in the church who have ears to hear what the Spirit of God is saying. They think that means going to church and just sitting there and, and saying amen and agreeing with the preacher. No, when I hear what the Spirit of God is saying, that means the Spirit of God is making changes in me, doing something in me because of what I'm hearing. Think about that. Church ain't just sitting in there saying amen, preach it, brother, glory to God, hallelujah. No, there are people doing that that ain't nothing changing about them. Everything's still the same as it's been for a long time and God's looking for an increase of that which He's given you. Many of us need to go back and read Matthew 25 and realize it's not about what you've got. It's about what you're doing with what you've got. And the evil and wicked servant is the one who didn't do anything with what he had and he was cast among all the other servants. There's a lot of people better get convicted, better repent, and begin to let the Lord flow in their lives, through their lives. And if God's doing a work in you, that means it's flowing through you. If it ain't flowing through you, honey, it ain't happening in you. Anything God's doing in you is flowing through you, and that's been the great deception. Well, God's doing something in me, and you know you might not see it. No, that's a bunch of hogwash. Whatever God's doing in me is the work of the Holy Spirit. And if the Holy Spirit is working, there will be the fruit of that righteousness, which is His and Righteousness is that which leads unto holiness, the character and the person of Christ. Now I know this kind of teaching, this kind of preaching, it'll run folk off because most Christianity today doesn't want to hear what's real. They just want to come and see it and amen if they're doing that and they just want to have a show. Well, I go to church. Well, you know, I read a chapter a day. Well, I do this. What are you doing what is God doing in you that has an outward flow to other people? That is a convicting question. It needs to be answered by you. Because if you can't answer it, it's time to repent. It's time to repent. If God wasn't looking for an, a flow through you, out from you, He would have already taken you home. And I believe He does take some of His people home who refuse. But think about it. 
So let's look at this again. In the way of, not because you are righteousness, not because you are righteous, but in the way of righteousness, you can experience life. Jesus said He's the life. And in the pathway thereof, the pathway of righteousness, there is no death. There is no separation. Again, let me say it. There's a continual flow of God's grace and God affecting you and God profiting you. And when that's taking place, others are aware of it. You're one who share in the Word of God. You're one who has the Word of God available for others in their time of need. It's not, it's not about, well, you need to call my preacher. No, you have the Word of God available for them. It, God is flowing in you, through you, through you, and you don't need to tell somebody to call your preacher. You need to minister to them, witness unto them. Boy, this is good stuff. This is convicting. Well, I, I'm not listening to him anymore. No, the backslidden church don't care about being equipped for the work of the ministry. The apostate church, just it's fine. I'll just show up and sit there. I'm doing my part. No, you're not. Thank God for those that come to church. I'm not knocking it, but listen. Robin saw a, a sign on the church uh, yesterday and it said uh, all the doors where you leave the church it said you are now <coughs> excuse me you are now entering the mission field and i told her i should say that at the end of every church service we have it's been a great service god bless you you're now entering the mission field with what you've got amen but most of the church doesn't look at that I've done my duty. I go to church. Matter of fact, I go to that big one down there on the on the corner. You know what I mean? So I'm I'm sounding a little rough. It's what you call a little rough sometimes. Because he because he deals with us in the place of reality. Jesus never preached to the clock on the wall and just hope hoped all the people got it. He preached directly to the people. And Crossway Church in this ministry is what I've always called it a walk with Jesus ministry. If you want what's real, you tune in here every Monday morning, Thursday morning, Friday morning, Sunday morning, Wednesday night. You'll get what's real. You'll get what's challenging, what's convicting, what's encouraging, Word, the Word of the Lord. Now most get mad. Because they can't handle it. Man, most today, if Jesus would turn and call them Satan, tell them, get behind me, and tell them, you, you savor the things of men more than the things of God, man, they'd be looking for another church. Of course, there's a hundred in every town, so there's plenty to go around after about 20 years. You know, the apostate person, they've done been in all of them. They know everybody, and they can't even come out of the house to go to Walmart because they're so uh, living in fear now. They might see somebody they used to go to church with. <laughs> I know how they are. Watch this now, because we know the Holy Spirit is the only one who can give life, work the life of Christ in us. So watch Romans chapter 8, verse 10. It says, And if Christ be in you, and because He is in us who have believed, the body is dead because of sin, but the Spirit is life because of righteousness. The Spirit is our life because of righteousness. This means, and it bears witness with Psalms 33 and 4, God only works in truth, Romans 8 and 2, for the law of the Spirit of life made me free from the law of sin and death. The Spirit of God works within the perimeters of the way of righteousness, which is the avenue of Christ's death at Calvary. need to think about that. Christ lives. He dwells inside every person who's ever believed in Him through believing in what He did at the cross for them was for the forgiveness of their sins. That's what allows the Holy Spirit, <coughs> the Spirit of Christ, to dwell in you. And because He dwells in us, the body is dead because of the sin nature that He died unto, that He died to put away. But the Spirit is life because of righteousness. The Spirit of God can only work the life of Christ in us if our faith is in that one thing alone that gives us the flow of grace that brings righteousness. Never forget that grace brings righteousness. Let me say it this way. Righteousness comes through grace 
And grace comes through faith in the death of Jesus. Galatians 2, 21. Let's look at it again today for those who may be new to the broadcast. Galatians 2, 21. Paul says, I do not frustrate. That means deny or set aside or resist the grace of God, which is what God is doing. Because if righteousness comes by the law, that means comes by what I do, then Christ died in vain. What's he saying? The death of Christ, not what I do, not what I do, not me trying to do the law of anything I do is law, but my faith in the death of Jesus, which is the grace of God flowing to and through me now for salvation because I'm believing in His righteous work at Calvary, grace brings me righteousness. And we need to think about that. And it's not just a one-time in and then you no longer have to have your faith in the cross. For you to have a flow of grace in your life Remember, Paul told the Galatians, you can fall from grace. And the way they were falling from grace was by now believing that they had to believe in circumcision again. They had to follow the law. They had to do what these Judaizers were telling them. You fall from grace. What's that mean? Now you're outside the path of righteousness and there's death outside of the path of righteousness. There's separation. We need to know these things. You do have to know these things. If you don't know these things, listen, God will not honor the best you can do. God will not honor just what you know if what you know is wrong. That that thought is all up in the... I've even heard preachers say that the answer is the cross of Christ, but before you knew this, God was honoring what you did know. That's a lie. That is a lie. God never honored just what you know. He has always honored only the avenue of righteousness, which is the way of Christ, which is the way of the cross. So don't get caught up. If a preacher says, you know, I finally got the message of the cross, but, you know, even before I had it, God did honor my my fasting for deliverance a few times. That's a lie. He never did. He never did. That's a preacher. I'm not condemning anybody, but that's a preacher who just doesn't have it like he needs it yet. I hope he's moving that direction. If you're moving the right direction, you'll know it because the Holy Spirit will keep confirming the cross of Christ in the Scriptures and you will be becoming more determined to know nothing other. If you're not becoming more determined to know nothing else, then you're, 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 you're going the wrong way with those statements, and God forbid, but I know it's happening. Even when we are deceived, we're deceiving others with comments like that. Imagine a preacher saying that God honored my fasting for deliverance or for some sort of salvation before I got the message of the cross means that there's no, really no need to go that way because God really does honor some things sometimes for those that don't know. That means Muslims could be saved because they don't know the truth. And you know God is a God of love and He's not going to let billions of Muslims go to hell. You better wake up. You do need to know these things. My people, God says, my people perish for their lack of knowledge. He's not talking about knowledge they didn't know because he goes on to say, because you've rejected knowledge, I'll reject you. Now think about that. That's it. Well, that was Old Testament. Man, you better dump that phrase in the garbage and you better know that everything God ever said is for today too because all the words of God are what we live by. All the words of God are spirit and they are life. Amen, Brother Curtis. Preach on, Brother Curtis. So we do need to know this. I know sometimes people hear these teachings, they go, you don't have to know all that detail stuff. That's someone who, who thinks their love for God is not somehow tied to the Word of God and an increase in the knowledge of the Word. You don't love God any more than you love His Word. And if you're not growing, there's not an increase in the knowledge of His Word. There's no increase of your love for God. In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word is God. So what we do with the Word is what we do with God. 
Think about that. No, I don't like that preacher. No, you don't like being confronted of a complacent and slothful life that God doesn't just honor anything. Watch this now. The Spirit is life to you and me. Why? Because of righteousness. Because of the work Christ did at Calvary. Do you see a better picture of this now? Romans 8, 2. The law of the Spirit of life, which is the Spirit of truth, the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of grace, the, the Comforter, the Spirit of truth, only works within the perimeters of that which offers righteousness. Now think about that. Every word God has ever spoken is in righteousness. Proverbs chapter 8, verse 8 tells us that. So when the Holy Spirit is speaking truth, when it is the Holy Spirit, He's speaking truth, and the truth He speaks shows forth righteousness. Proverbs 12, 17. Let me just go there and read it to you for what it says. Proverbs 12 and 17 says this, <clears throat> He that speaks truth, the Holy Spirit, only speaks truth, shows forth righteousness, but a false witness deceit. Anyone who's ministering the Word of God as it is truth is going to portray a picture of the righteousness of God because that's all the Holy Spirit's going to lead us in. Do you understand that? The Holy Spirit offers life to us by presenting the gospel of Christ to us. The Holy Spirit convicts us of sin, shows us that we're sinners, offers us the gospel of Christ who can be our life if we accept His way of righteousness, which is the way of the cross, His one work at Calvary. The one who knew no sin was, led a sinless life and became our sin-bearing offering. If we accept Him as Lord and Savior through faith in His death, then the Holy Spirit moves inside of us. He is the Spirit of life. For the law of the Spirit of life. He works within the perimeters of our faith in what gives us grace daily, and that's in the cross. Now let me say something powerful and scary Every person who doesn't have their faith in the cross, the Holy Spirit is not working in that whatever their faith is in. He is not working anyway. There's too many scriptures that refute it. No question about it. If you can fall from grace, listen, if the church in Sardis were told by the Lord, you have an appearance and a name that you're alive, but you're dead. Told by the Lord, you're dead. That means their faith was no longer legitimate. But they had a name. That means they were going through the motions. They were doing all these things. And they had a reputation that they were a church alive. But Jesus said, you're not alive. You're dead. Now you need to think about that. Because only the Holy Spirit can impart and bring the experience of life in the way of righteousness. In the way of righteousness. What's the way of righteousness? Righteousness is not just doing what's right that we think. Righteousness is really the perfection. It's perfection. And there's only been one perfect man and one perfect work. And that's Jesus Christ, the perfect man who did the perfect work, humbly obeying even unto death on the cross, ending his life with an act of obedience even in death. It was the one perfect man did the one perfect work. And if our faith is in anything outside of that, then nothing is perfect. Church in Sardis was told that. Your works are not perfect before me. Because their faith was no longer in that which the Holy Spirit could bring about that continual flow of grace who is the Spirit of God, the Spirit of grace. You can't separate grace from the Spirit of God because the Spirit of God is the Spirit of grace. And if, I'm, if, the, if there's a flow of grace in my life, that means my faith is in while allows the Holy Spirit to flow in and through me, to impart the very life of Christ to me. Christ dwells in every believer, but that doesn't mean we're experiencing the life of Christ. 
Let's go back to Revelation 3 in the church of Sardis. Paul said in Philippians 1.21, to live is Christ. But the way of life is only in the path of righteousness. So the church in Sardis, if Jesus says you're not alive, you're dead, that means they weren't experiencing the one who is life. They were not experiencing Christ. They'd fallen from grace. There was no profit of Christ. There was no effect of Christ. He, had to, he loves us so much to show up and tell us, you're faked out. You're faking it. You're pretending. You're deceived. You've been beguiled. You think you're alive, but you're dead. Someone may be listening to me today, and it may be speaking directly to you because you moved your faith from the cross alone. You thought that you had to speak yourself into your existence. You thought you had to give so much money. You thought you had to do all these things. The purpose driven the government of 12. God doesn't use those things. He uses the gospel. He that speaks truth shows forth righteousness. And when our, from our hearts, it's with the heart men believe unto righteousness, then the Holy Spirit can impart that experience of life to us. This is powerful this morning. Now think again about the church in Sardis. Jesus says you're dead. That means you're not experiencing Christ. Because to live is Christ. Now that's something. But what does the church do with that? They don't do anything with it. They just keep reading because they're asleep. They're dead. But it will quicken the heart with great conviction for those who love God and want to serve God in the biblical way. You know, the church is so far off track in so many ways. I'm writing commentary on Proverbs and 1 Timothy right now, and this morning I was writing about widows, and everybody thinks just a, a, a widow is somebody who don't have a husband. The Bible says a biblical widow is somebody who prays has in prayer and supplication all the time. And there's two or three more uh, things there in 1 Timothy chapter 5 that give the, the, the status of a widow for them to even be considered a widow uh, in the church. Now, I'm not saying we shouldn't take care of people, but it goes as far as to tell us that the children of the widow should be first before the church has to get involved. It's amazing what you can learn if you just get in the Bible. Isn't it amazing? I mean, doing commentary, of course, causes you to study at a deeper level than just reading and, and, and getting some kind of passing by oversight thought as you read the Bible. It forces you to, to dig in the rest of the Word when you're studying. But it's amazing what the Holy Spirit can show you when you're studying the Word. And it's when we studied and presented Ephesians for a year, Galatians for a, a, a year and a half, and, 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 and now this session on righteousness. It's amazing what the Lord can, can give His people if they're hungry to know. Remember, it's those who hunger and thirst after righteousness that He's able to feel that He's able to feel with the fruits of righteousness. Nobody else. Nobody else who's hungry and thirsty today for righteousness. And what does that mean? That doesn't mean just doing what I feel is the right thing. Righteousness is the fruit of who Christ is. It's the experience of Christ in my life brought about by the Holy Spirit. Look at Romans 18 again. If Christ be in you, the body is dead because of the sin nature. He died, put that thing away, and we become dead to the law, dead to the sin nature. But the Spirit is life because of righteousness. Never forget this. The spirit of life, the spirit of, it is life to us because of the work of Christ at the cross, not what we do. Remember Galatians 2.21? Not what we do, not any law, not any of our works, but through the grace of God comes and is offered to men through the death of Jesus alone, nothing else. Righteousness for our status and righteousness as the fruit. To be led of the Spirit on the path of righteousness is the only place God restores my soul. And I need daily restoration. 
It's not a one-time deal. My soul's been reconciled to God. No, my soul can be oppressed. My soul can can be in all sorts of uh, situations. And the only place of restoration for my soul is the path of righteousness. It's in Psalms 23 and 3. He restores my soul, colon. He leads me in the path of righteousness for His namesake. Amen. See there? For His namesake. When the Lord is able to lead me in the path of righteousness, it's for His namesake. I benefit from it through the experience of life because the Spirit imparts life to me in the very experience of the life of Christ when I allow Him, to, when I allow him by my faith in the cross to lead me in the path of righteousness. Remember, this is... This, we should have been knowing this for 2,000 years. A guy was on social media uh, yesterday hammering uh, a few people saying that I've known the cross all my life and so has the church, and which proves he doesn't have a clue what he's talking about. Then he begins to start bashing preachers of the cross, which proves he doesn't have a clue. He doesn't have a clue. Yes, I'm sure he's understood stood for years. I hope he has that the cross is what saved him. But listen... Faith in the cross is the only thing that allows God the Holy Ghost to work in your life today. And He will refuse, flat out refuse to work in your life when your faith is not in the sacrifice of Christ for that is the way of righteousness. A few things here. The way is Christ. He said it was in John 14, 6. And the life is Christ. Again, he said it was in John 14, 6. But never forget that the way of righteousness which he offers is found only through the cross. And again, my friend, my Christian people, it's not just because you got in, now everything just flows. No, as long as you keep your faith in what got you in the kingdom, in what got you in the place where God could work in your life, as long as you keep your faith in what God began the work in you through, He will continue to flow in your life, through your life by grace. And here it comes, there will be an outward fruit of His righteousness. Remember, when He leads me in the path of righteousness, it's for his name's sake. Do you see that? That his name may be magnified and that he may be known as the one who is restoring your soul in this path. It's called fruit that can be seen by others. If the name of Jesus is being magnified, it's a fruit that's in you and through you. And I've said it before, I'll say it again this morning. You've never had to cut open an apple tree to look for an apple. They're right out on the limb where they can be seen. All fruit, the fruit of the Holy Spirit is out where all can see. If He's doing a work in you, there's an outward flow outside of you. If there's nothing to be seen, no fruit of the Holy Spirit outside of you, it's because He's being resisted in your heart. And how does that happen? Through my faith being in anything other than the cross of Christ. And just because I say with my lips it is in the cross of Christ doesn't mean it is. It's not with the lips men believe under righteousness. It's with the heart. It's with the heart. That's the only place. Our words really mean nothing if they're not coming from a heart that's believing unto righteousness. Let's look here in Psalms 85, 13 this morning. Righteousness, here's another prophetic scripture concerning Christ. Psalms 85 and 13. Righteousness shall go before Him and shall set us in the way of His steps. Now, we are called to follow in the steps of Jesus. And the only way we can do that is seen in this Scripture. Again, it's Psalms 85, 13. Righteousness shall go before Him and shall set us in the way of His steps. Righteousness was the way of Christ. What does that mean? That means He lived a perfectly righteous life before God. He obeyed every law. He obeyed every ritual. He was circumcised on the eighth day. He went to all the feasts. He participated in everything a Jewish 
man had to participate in. Remember Galatians 4, he was born of a woman under law to redeem us who were under law, which is all the world. So Jesus showed up born of a woman, made of a woman, under law, had to obey every law. He had to rest on the Sabbath. He couldn't do no work on the Sabbath. He had to rest on the Sabbath. He had to go to this ritual, that rite, this ceremony. He had to do all these things and he had to do it perfectly without flaw. And he did. Now that's over our heads. Wow, how could a man do that? Because he loved his father. He trusted his father's plan for his life. He was led by the Holy Spirit. But that's one way. Obeying all the laws of men that God had given men. But remember the same God that gave men all the laws and rites and rituals and ceremonies to obey was the same God who was leading him to the cross to humbly and obediently lay his life down for the rest of the world who could not obey the law and no one ever obeyed the law for all the law could do was strengthen the sin nature, put the sin nature in motion that's all it did. It, it held us captive, the Bible says in Galatians 3 and 23. It held us captive. We were shut up unto the faith, held captive until later the faith would be revealed. I, I find that interesting when we look at that in Galatians chapter 3 when it says when later the faith would be revealed. Did not, didn't they have faith in the Old Testament? Yes, they did. But here the Bible is speaking of the faith of the Son of God who would obey every jot and every tittle of the Word as the living Word of God, the Son of God, and who would even humbly and obediently lay His life down for all of us who couldn't keep the law which made us sinners and separated from God. And He did that. It wasn't just keeping all the rites, ritual, ceremonies, and laws God had given the Jewish people, but it was also keeping that commandment that He personally had to come and lay His life down and to raise it up again for sinful humanity. And it was a commandment He had. That's what He said. No man has the power to take my life from me, but I have the power to lay it down and to take it up again because I have this commandment of my Father. See, He was even under the law. Not just the laws of keeping all the laws and, and things, but the law of this command that he had to come and humbly and obediently lay his life down, which praise God, he did it perfectly. That was the righteous work from a man God was looking for. And only through that righteous work comes this way of righteousness. Again, Psalms 85, 13, Righteousness shall go before Him and shall set us in the way of His steps. What is it that brought us into the kingdom that set us in the path of righteousness, which by the way is the race He set you in? The, the, the racetrack is the path of righteousness. If we're not in the path of righteousness, we're just out here beating the air, pretending like the church in Sardis, deceived, not even knowing we're not running the race, but we're just standing still, beating the air, Paul called it, beating the air. We're not going anywhere, but boy, we look like, like we're really running and we really got something going on and we don't. If our faith is not in the cross alone, we are dead. And we're not in the path of righteousness. But the good news is, if we'll disregard relationships and not let them hold us captive, if we'll disregard the finances that are coming in through false doctrine and not let them hold us, if we'll just grab a hold of the truth, who is Jesus and what He did at Calvary, and hold on, God will take you all the way. Those other things are going to all burn up and be gone. And I'd rather walk with Jesus alone than have the approval of all men and be dead. That's good stuff this morning. Amen. Good stuff this morning. Amen. We need to hear it. Yes. Righteousness alone sets us in the way of His steps. Mm -hmm. 
Do you see that in Psalms 85, 13? Righteousness shall go before him and shall set us in the way of his steps. The only way to follow Jesus is in the path of righteousness. And again, righteousness only shows up as our path when it's the, the Word of God is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. The Word of God, if it's in its righteous context. Proverbs 8 and 8. That means that all righteousness, only in righteousness, only through seeing God's Word in its righteous context can we see God's Word as our path. Now think, that's good stuff. Amen. That's powerful. Quoting that scripture, Psalms 119, 105, God, I'm going to declare it today. Thy Word is a lamp to my feet. Glory, I feel it, hallelujah, and a light to my path. I just feel it, God, today. I'm going to have light because your Word is a lamp to my path. If it, Listen, if, you, if your faith is in what you just did, then that's not going to produce anything. But if your faith is in the cross, the Holy Spirit now is going to open up the Word of God in the context of the One who is our righteousness in our life that's only found in the way of righteousness, and He's going to begin to reveal to you, teach you the Word of God in its proper context, which is righteousness, and then every day you're going to say, wow, all these years I've read that and I had no idea, because now He who speaks truth is showing you righteousness. Proverbs 12, 17. He that speaks truth is going to show you righteousness if the Holy Spirit's the one leading you, He's leading you in the path of righteousness. But wait, He can't do it. Let me get more strict. He won't do it outside of faith in the sacrifice. Today. Not your faith yesterday or last month or years ago. Your faith today. If any man come after me, he must deny himself, take up his cross daily and follow me. Yesterday's gone forever. Yesterday's gone. Do you have faith in the cross today? Not talking about a tree, a piece of wood. There wasn't no power in that. The power is in what the man, Jesus Christ, the Son of God, did for us as the Lamb of God through His death. Through His death. So many false teachings out today about Jesus having to go to hell and suffer after it. No. He didn't redeem me in hell. He redeemed me at the cross when He said it's finished. His death justified me. His blood justified me, the Bible says. Amen, Brother Kirks. So this is good stuff this morning. Amen. For people who love the Word, people who love the Lord, people who want to grow in the things of God, this is absolutely wonderful. Righteousness shall go before him and shall set up of his steps. Remember where we started, Proverbs 12, 28, in the way of righteousness is life. There's no life outside of righteousness. Remember uh, Romans 8, 10, the spirit is life because of righteousness. Think about this. The Spirit of God always speaks truth. That means God's Word in its righteous context, which means He's trying to point you to Calvary so your trust, your faith can be in the righteous work Jesus did. And so now He can teach you and point you, give you direction and instruction for your life that right out of the Word of God as it is truth in righteousness and your path where you experience more than going to church, more than singing a song, more than reading the Bible, but the very life of Christ. Thank God for songs, praise and worship. Thank God for a good church. Thank God for Bible study. We need all of that. But none of that can be what our faith is in. If it is, we're back to where we started uh, long ago before we were born again. Our faith was in everything we were doing except what Christ did at Calvary. And even the good things God's called us to, you cannot put your faith in what you're doing. If you do, that is law. I have to say it. We've heard it a hundred times. We've not heard it enough and you just never know when that head of certain someone's going to tilt sideways and you see they're getting it. Wow. 
After all this time, my Lord, the Holy Spirit is revealing that to that. I've heard people say it after three years of listening. I get, I understand. I understand. And you can tell they change when they get this. They're changed. Every everything changes. Because you're back in that place where the Spirit of God can flow through you. You're not having to fake it anymore. You're not having to put on a show. Now you are bearing forth the fruit of the one called Christ. Mm, powerful. Now, Proverbs 21 and 21, and today's session really is about righteousness and life. How it pertains to life. Because the Spirit is life because of what Christ did at Calvary. The Spirit is life because of righteousness. Now that's Romans 8.10. That means because of what Christ did at Calvary. But Proverbs 21 and 21 says, He that follows after righteousness and mercy finds life. He also finds righteousness and honor. He that follows after righteousness and mercy finds life, righteousness, and honor. That's what humanity's looking for. That's what humanity is, is, is scraping each other's eyes out for, killing each other for. I'll show you who's right. Well, nobody's right but Christ. Nobody's right but Christ. He's the only right one that's ever lived. And if we're not walking in that way of what makes Christ right to us, then we don't have a clue. But notice this. It's those that follow after righteousness. Who are they? How can you follow righteousness? You have to know Christ. And that means you have to trust in what He did for you at Calvary. That means His death on the cross alone for your salvation. And all provision from that day forward. I must add that because 99% of the church will agree, yes, they have to if they're saved. and That's what makes us the church, that Christ and His death got us in, but they may be like me for years. I thought that the provision and the power, if we could find that avenue that God works in. I know I'm saved, filled with the Holy Ghost, but I'm still looking for that which God will put His hand on and will mark me out, and man, the power of God will flow into my life, and, we'll, we'll, and, and we can work miracles, we can do all these things that God's called us to do. Listen, my friend. There's great deception in the church today. And God only works in your life the same way He worked in your life when He began the work in your life. That's why Colossians 2.6 tells us just like we received Christ, we're to walk in Him. Just like you received Him, you're to walk in Him. You received Him through faith in His death at Calvary and He moved inside of you and He went to work. And as long as that's where your faith remains, then He will continue that work. But if that's not where your faith is, He's going to show up through some messenger and say, you've got a name that you're alive, but you're not. You're dead. Revelation chapter 3, verses 1 through 6. Oh, you've got a great name. Oh, you're putting on a great show, speaking great fancy words and quoting much Scripture, but you're dead. You're dead. Without faith in Christ and what He did at the cross, we're dead. That means we're separated from what the Lord desires to do in and through us. We need to hear that today. So who are they that follow after righteousness and mercy? Who are they that find life and righteousness and honor? Those who never move their faith from the cross. And I want to tell you, it's, this is what's called the good fight of faith. We don't fight against sin. Christ took care of that at Calvary. We don't fight against the devil. Our fight's not against flesh and blood. We got one fight on our hands and that's to maintain our own faith in the sacrifice of Christ. It's a fight to keep it there. We can trust in things that, and, and not even be aware of it till the Holy Spirit reminds us, shows up and reminds us. What are you trusting in here, Curtis? That's right. You're right. What are you trusting in here? We do it. Yeah. We cry. 
Now ultimately, my faith is in the cross, but we can step into a place where I think I have to say something to get my way. That, 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 that's really not trusting in Christ. That's trusting in what I think I have to say to get my way. Or I have to treat people. How about those people who, and I used to be one of those that every once in a while you have, to, you have this thought process that you have to cuss. You have to say curse words so people will know how serious you are. If that's the case, you're in the wrong crowd, my friend. If you're a super, I know some people say, well, you're not a supervisor on my job, and until I cuss them, they won't go to work. Listen, how about letting the cuss words go, get rid of that, get your ink pen out of your pocket, write them up for not working. There's your job, my friend, not cussing to get them to work. See how simple that was? Well, I can't write them up. That, that'd make them dislike me. Oh, you'd rather them like you than to really do what's right. I see. That's where most preachers are in pulpits in America. I'd rather they like me than to tell them what's really right because if I tell them what's really right, I lose control. See, we're not here to control the people. We're here to preach the truth that righteousness can be seen that gives the control to the only one worthy of it, and that's the Lord, the Holy Spirit. Control us, lead us, just like He did Jesus. So those who follow after righteousness are those who keep their faith in that which brings the continual flow of grace. If you've jumped in on this message, this session today, at the end you missed the first part. You need to know as a child of God, you can remove yourself from the one who's doing this work. Galatians 1.6 You can fall from grace. You can walk in a place and the only place Christ can affect you and profit you is in grace, under grace. If you fall from grace, and I'm not, I'm not saying that you go back under law, but if we begin to live as though we're back under law by what we do, what we say, what we eat, what we don't eat, and our faith is in those things, how long our sleeves are, how much makeup we wear or don't wear, how our clothing, all those things that we try to label as righteous and holy that God doesn't. There's no grace there. Grace only exists in the heart of those who have their faith in the sacrifice of Christ. And those, my friends, are the only ones who are following after righteousness and mercy. Remember, uh, uh, probably a year and a half ago in my office one morning, I told the Lord, thank you for being merciful and overlooking my sin. Hallelujah. Right at that moment, He spoke to me and said, Curtis, I did not overlook your sin. I dealt with your sin through my mercy at the cross. He's not overlooking sin, but He's offering to forgive it all. He's offering to forgive it all and to forget it all and give you a brand new start today. <coughs> Excuse me. If you'll trust in that work of not what you do, for that can't bring righteousness. <coughs> and righteousness is what he's looking for. Whoever wrote that old song years ago, righteousness, righteousness, that's what I long for. They had some knowledge of the Word. It sounds like it might be a good thing because these allergies, they've been awful. But I want to praise God for you today. Praise God for those of us who are here this morning. I praise God for those of you who stick with us and watch these sessions that the Lord is teaching us the truth in its righteous context. He is showing us that He is increasing His knowledge. And He will cause us to grow in His knowledge and His grace if Christ is the centerpiece of all of that. And what makes Him the centerpiece to us on the bread that God is, on the table that God has provided for us is what He did at Calvary, for that's the only way we partake of Christ by the eating of His flesh and the drinking of His blood, which means our hearts believing unto His righteous work at Calvary.
I know you've been blessed today or you've gotten really mad, whichever case, I love you. Be sure and tune in every Monday and Thursday morning at 8.30 a.m. for our Romans teaching. We're in chapter 7 presently and Friday mornings here at 9 o'clock a.m. Central Time for our Righteousness series. God bless you. We love you. We're going to keep giving you the truth of the Lord Jesus Christ, praying for you. And until next time, stay determined to know absolutely nothing but Christ and Him crucified. God bless you.